0: It's Amy's Table, a girl's guide to living, with Amy Tobin on Q102. Pull up a chair and join us. My guest today is Julie Lingler, and after earning a Master's of Social Work from University of Cincinnati in 2001, Julie spent three years at Cancer Family Care, helping cancer patients and their families navigate life-threatening illness. In 2005, she started her own therapy practice in Blue Ash, focused on helping people heal, improve, and strengthen their relationships. Since then, Julie's worked with hundreds of individuals and couples, helping them to recover from infidelity, manage remarriage and co-parenting, reconnect, and find joy in each other again. You can learn more about Julie by visiting her site, julielingler.com. But today, we're lucky enough to have her here on Amy's Table. Welcome, Julie.
1: Thanks. I'm glad to be back.
0: So I reached out to you and I said, hey, let's talk about how to argue. Yeah. And you were very funny. You were like, can we rename that? It's a great
1: topic. <laughs> we call it something else?
0: And so what do you think we should call it?
1: Well, ideally, you avoid arguing. Ideally, you just have a conversation and you resolve an issue. But if you have to disagree, there's a way to disagree without being disagreeable.
0: I love that. So we are not calling this how to argue. we're, we're calling it how to disagree, disagree without being disagreeable."
1: Yes, that's exactly. beautiful, what we're doing.
0: I love it. so i find I think of myself as this nice, mellow, kind, compassionate, loving person mm-hmm. until I'm mad. <laughs> and then all bets are off i'm i'm I mean really, it's shocking to me, yeah, and I always think, how did I get there? How did I get there? So I guess, like everything, it starts with the individual who's part of the argument, right?
1: Or part of the the conversation. If we don't go back it an to that, <laughs> part of the conversation. Um, you can you can have a conversation about a challenging issue between you and not get angry and if you don't get angry and you bring your best self to the conversation then very often you can resolve it in a way that that feels good to both of you without the fighting and the arguing and the name calling and the anger and the frustration and the hurt feelings and and that starts way before you get to the angry point once you get to the angry point you're right at that all time, bets
0: are off often all yeah. bets are off Yeah.
1: So if we back it up and get to the beginning and start that in a different way, we can often avoid arguing, which would be ideal. So what is that process? Well, it's um, about 10, 12 years ago, some researchers at Harvard created this thing called the Harvard Negotiation Project. And out of that came a lot of stuff, including a really great book called Difficult Conversations – which I give to a lot of the couples that I work with, because I just think it's an outstanding system for having a conversation about a difficult topic in a way that feels good and actually resolves the issue versus in a way that you just keep going around and around in those circular arguments with hurt feelings and angry words. And so it starts by recognizing that your position on an issue is your position on the issue and that the other person has to them a different but equally valid position on the issue. So you remember that story about a whole bunch of blind people in a room with an elephant? Have you heard this? So there are whole. the story is there's a whole bunch of blind people in a room with an elephant. It's a metaphorical story, right? And they're all touching one part of the elephant. And they're describing that part of the elephant that they're touching. And they're arguing that they're right. And they are. But it's only part of the picture.
0: I love that. You know, Julie, I've got to tell you, I'm going to go on a bit of a tangent. But when I was in junior high, and I've, I've talked about this in, in chats and speeches that I've given. So some people have heard this story. But when I was in junior high, I was complaining about a teacher. Mm-hmm. She seemed like she was a million years old and was out of touch, and the kids made fun of her, and the whole thing made me uncomfortable. And I went to the principal and complained. (laughs) And um, the sad thing was, I wonder really how old she was looking back, but at the time I was certain she was a million years old. So the teacher, the principal listened to me give this whole complaint, and he said, Amy, you know what, let's call Mrs. Reed in right now and, and talk to her. Okay, Uh I'm like, wait, what? Wait, what? I have to do that. So she came in and I thought, see, I I mean, at first I thought I've been vindicated. See what a crazy old coot she is. I mean, really, as she was talking and she held up a coffee cup and she said to me, and so pretend I'm holding it. You can see me. People listening have to imagine. She said to me, Amy, seemed to me like she was going,
1: Amy, but she probably (laughs) said,
0: Amy, what size do you side? Do you see the handle on? So, of course, what side is the handle on for you?
1: It's on your right.
0: And it for me, it's on my left. Yep. And both of us are 100% correct. correct. And she... F- Freaking I mean I blew your mind. She blew my mind yep. and it's probably the biggest thing I learned in junior high. Mm-hmm. And I remember that to this day. And it's just another version of your elephant story. Which
1: is an easier version than the elephant story, but I love it because we all see things from our perspective. Exactly. And we believe that we're right. And for us we usually are right. But there are multiple perspectives to any situation. Exactly.
0: You got to understand that there is another side in at almost least one everything exactly at least, at least one, one
1: maybe more than one yeah and so then once you wrap your head around that concept your first job in in starting to have this difficult conversation is to want to understand what the other person's perspective is not agree with those you Words are used um, interchangeably, but they mean different things. I can understand and disagree, but it's really hard to validly disagree if I don't understand where you are. And so understanding where your partner is or the other person on the other side of this conversation and making sure that they understand where you are. Now you know the places that you actually are in agreement and the places you diverge. Then you take those places you diverge and you put them on the table in front of you. And you talk about them as if they're not you or the other person, as if they are an issue, a problem, a situation that you need to talk about and resolve. So you depersonalize it to some extent. You set it on the table in front of you and you talk about it.
0: So I've heard that whole story of, you know, setting setting them down, thinking uh-huh. of them as an object so that you can view your, your feelings, your disagreement or yeah. whatever. But so... There's gotta be a lot of practice involved in this, or a lot of pre-work, or a lot of having these discussions when you're calm, right?
1: Yeah. Well, you don't start – when you start playing tennis, you don't go to the U.S. Open. You, you hit <laughs> – right? You hit balls against a wall. You hit balls with a, a, an easy partner. You maybe take a couple of lessons. You screw it up. You whiff. You miss your serve. Right. And and you work up to these higher stakes conversations. But you start with something that's a little bit easier and a little bit less um, emotionally charged. In order to get into the habit of being able to hear and understand the other person, take the issues, set them on the table in front of you, and start looking at ways to resolve them. And when you get to that point then, I always encourage people to take an and stance instead of a but or an or stance. I want this and you want that, not I want this but you want that.
0: Okay, boy, one word makes Makes all all the the difference. difference. Well, this is, as always, so valuable. And I, I think, you know, that's it. So let's sum it back up for everybody to have a little takeaway. Okay. So we're not arguing. We're
1: not arguing. We're having a conversation. There may be emotions involved. We're seeking to understand where the other person is. We're seeing where we diverge. We're putting that on the table in front of us and trying to take an and stance instead of an or stance. You want this and I want that. Tell me why you want this. The why matters. And I also suggest to couples, if it's really an emotionally charged thing, that they use a 10 scale to describe how important it is to them. Mm. So if zero is I couldn't care less and 10 is... This is the most important thing in the world. How important is this to you? Because that can come into play as well. If we disagree, we can't come to an agreement. There is no middle ground that meets both of our needs. And you say to me on a 10 scale, this is a 9. And for me, it's a 2. Well, then there you go.
0: There's the easy answer. There's the easy
1: answer. It's much more important to you than it is to me. So I'm going to give in. If it's a 9 and a 7, I'm probably going to give in because it's much more important to you. If it's a
0: 9 and a 9, we're going to have a thumb war.
1: Exactly. (laughs) We're going to do rock, paper, scissors, and whoever wins, wins. (laughs) Or somebody says,
0: I'll take it for the team this time, and And next time I get to... Uh-huh. Yeah, and if you important. really
1: can't resolve it, you come see a therapist and we'll help you. Well, how,
0: how easy is that? You can go see Julie <laughs> Langley. Go see me. Well, I think also, let's remind people before we say goodbye this morning about your blind people in the room with an elephant. Yes. Because I love that. I and do too. Mrs. And I love your Mrs. Reed and her cup. coffee cup. Got to credit, Mrs. Reed.
1: Thank goodness for Mrs. Reed. It is also
0: true that if you keep your eyes and ears open, sometimes the people who frustrate you the most
1: teach you the most.
0: Yes, they do. And she is definitely an example of that. So... I'm sure she's now, you know, I I do wonder how old she was.
1: Yeah, like how old was she really? Was she 40? Was she in her 30s? Because you're, you know, 12. She seems ancient. Oh,
0: she seemed like truly, you know, (laughs) prehistoric. But anyway, well, Julie Lingler, thank you so much for joining me on Amy's Table. I, I love your insights. I think you make it very understandable. I'm sure that. Those listening are feeling the same way. So make sure you check out julielingler.com. I'll put a link on my site too. And then remember, you can sign up for Julie's relationship tips, which are just nice little bite-sized inspiration every day. to Little,
1: little nuggets of wisdom three times a week just to make your relationships better.
0: Yeah, and that's good. That's a very good thing. Because remember, all that all that conflict is not good for your heart it's and soul either. not good for your heart and soul or for the world.
1: Yep. Thank you, Jean. Thank you,
0: Amy. Stick around for another helping from Amy's Table on Q102. Q! It's Amy's Table with Amy Tolman. Yeah. Q102.